Hi there, and welcome back to the Us Now podcast. I'm your host, Ginny Helmendaler. In Us Now, I talk about a range of different social issues with students and faculty from Louisa County High School. Before we begin, I would like to plug Us Now's Instagram at Us Now Podcast, where I give updates for new episodes. Also, if you would like to help this project by giving me suggestions for new episodes or constructive feedback for me, I'd love for you to fill out the Google form linked in the description. Thank you in advance. So today we're talking about school safety. Once again, we have four guests. Can you introduce yourselves? My name is Maddox and I'm in 10th grade. My name is Acacia and I'm a freshman. I'm Sergeant Rob Cernowski from the Louisa County Sheriff's Office. I'm the Senior School Resource Officer for Louisa County Public Schools. My name is Jerry Slaughter and I'm a school counselor at Louisa County High School. Great, thank you. So first I'd like to say, um, so within school safety, I guess we all have kind of different interpretations of what it means when we first think of it. Um, I know in the news lately, um, a lot of the school safety and like shootings, so we'll get to that later, but I would like to ask you, Sergeant Sarnowski, about um, like what school safety would entail. Well, school safety entails a, a whole lot of things, but uh, first, I think you gotta, you gotta define what I think most people might interpret safe to be. Um, first off, priority number one in Louisa County Public Schools is a safe learning environment. And safe for most people, and, and myself in particular, probably means free from hurt or harm, both physical and emotional. Physical is easy to, to see, emotional is much more uh, difficult. Yeah, and so um, I guess one of you, like, what, why is it so important feeling safe in the classroom? Like, how does that have an effect on how you learn? How does that affect, um, like, how you see other people and how you feel? I think the safety of the school, it affects, like, how you learn because if you don't feel safe, it kind of will affect you and you might start losing it and the emotional stress comes and it kind of throws everything out in a way. Yeah, and um, Mr. Slaughter, as a guidance counselor, you do see students coming in. Um, do you see a lot of students who kind of mention specifically school safety? Um, it's not, a, not something that students really come in a lot and talk about. And I think the reason being, I mean, for the guidance office, because, I mean, we do so much here to make students um, feel safe. You know, we students know who their go-to people is. It's pretty much any adult here if they feel unsafe, as well as like our school resource officers. So I think because of the environment, um, students overall feel safe um, when they come here. Um, but I mean, as we know, one good thing is if any students, um, if they see something or hear of something that's, that's kind of questionable, you know, it kind of, you know, questions their safety, the safety of the school overall, people are pretty, quick to let the appropriate persons know. I think because of that and because of the, the chains of command that we have in place, the students feel overall safe. Um, it's not a topic that comes up too often in the guidance office, but you know, if there is an issue, I know that you know, the proper people at the school here are notified. If I could add something to that, um, I think everybody's exactly right. Um, Mr. Straley, if he was here, our school superintendent would tell you the ultimate goal would be to deliver a world-class education. And the only way to get that, if you kind of think of it like building the foundation of a house, the cornerstone is a safe learning environment. You can't build all the other things that you want on a shaky foundation. So that's probably the most important stone in building that, uh, that safe school environment. Yeah. Um, so Maddox, like how do you feel safe in the classroom or like um, what would you consider feeling safe? What would I consider? Yeah. Uh, 
being around adults that I can trust and talk to all the time when I need it. So um, I think next we're going to run through kind of a bunch of different topics of what safety entails. So like mental safety, physical safety. So the first one we're going to talk about is like substance abuse. And so this may not necessarily apply all of these um, to Louisa necessarily, but like just high schoolers in general, because I know that um, issues can differ from school to school. So yeah, first of all, substance abuse, and I think especially um, vaping. I personally, I don't have much knowledge of it all, but I'm not sure how much of an issue it is here, or um, can anybody speak on that as an issue? Sure, I can say a few words. Uh, since we're talking about uh, vaping, uh, there's still a whole lot of research being done about vaping, but uh, first off, I will never do it. I've never smoked. I've never done any of those kinds of things because I know intuitively that they're dangerous and harmful to my health. And if I want a promising future, I can't do those kinds of kinds of things. I don't think there's any school in America that's probably exempt from vaping and maybe some of these other substance abuse uh, issues. But I will say that uh, Louisa County High School and Louisa County Public Schools is pretty uh, proactive in trying to get parents aware, uh, providing the education and information to teachers uh, and, and even to students. Uh, so it's really an across-the-board kind of educational process because you can't really make an informed decision if you don't know the facts. And more and more facts are becoming uh, known, and you see it on national news. You see the death toll starting to rise. Um, so I think it's pretty clear that vaping is dangerous, uh, but we got to get our younger folks to recognize that because, in general, I was a teen, Mr. Slaughter was a teen. You think you're indestructible. Uh, and, you know, once you get beyond that, you can recognize the facts and know that that's probably not going to help get you to the goals that you want in life. I'd like to say that I think people like the kids vape probably to, like, relieve stress, but they don't really understand, like, how the harmful stuff and what it can do. So they think that whatever they do from vaping is kind of normal, but it's really not. And... The school, I know, is like trying to prevent that because they know how harmful it could be to the kids. And, I mean, I wouldn't do it. I'd never thought of it. So I think the school's just trying to relieve that and not have the kids do it, like in the bathrooms and all that. Yeah, I mean, because I personally, like, if someone tells me this is a drug, it's bad, don't do it, I'm kind of immediately like, all right, yeah, no. But um, for other people who are kind of still, they don't take just it's bad as a reason not to do it. Um, what would you say, like what exactly is so bad? Well, I, I think if I have to explain it to folks from time to time, I, I try to tie it to, the, to their future. Um, you know, yeah, I think try to explain in terms of what are your goals in life? What are you trying to achieve? And will this help you get to your goals or will it hinder you from getting to your goals? That's why I think not only vaping, but alcohol and other forms of substance abuse hinder you from getting to your goals uh, and so making people understand that this is not going to get you where you want to be that it's a non-starter from the beginning and it's not easy because everybody has a different perspective many people are focused on the here and now and some people have different issues that they may want to try to escape from and so that's their crutch to get away from it but that's why we, we have a great school environment with school um, uh, counselors administrators, teachers, faculty, everybody who cares and even Region 10 crisis counselors assigned to the uh, school staff. Yeah, 
Um, I'll plug really quickly. I'm not sure if this episode is going to come out in time, but I know one of my fellow governor school um, students is doing a project where he's doing a Region 10 training for, I think, just teachers to train people on how to react to a crisis in which someone um, uh, has an overdose in the middle of the school day. So I think that's really helpful, too, that people are doing stuff like that. Um, I do want to ask like the students, so as a ninth and 10th grader, so I don't know, I feel like vaping is kind of more of a thing with especially the younger generations, and I, I'm not going to say that I'm not part of your generation, like it's, it's not that big of a gap, but like did you see that as a problem even in middle school? Not, not as much as in middle school as in now. Okay. Yeah, in middle school, I didn't really hear much about it until I got here, and then like I saw like all the posters telling you not to vape and smoke and all that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And do you see like the effects of vaping and the effects of other drugs here at the school? Like, do you see students frequently who are reacting to that, or? Well. I guess I could put it in this perspective. First off, again, I think I said it before, there's no school in America, no high school in America that's exempt from the kinds of issues that, that you, you brought up. There may be different levels in different schools. Uh, and even Lewis County High School, to a certain extent, is, is not exempt from that because we have typical teenagers uh, here uh, going through the what we call a normal cycle of life. Um, but we do a, a pretty good job, I think, on the educational aspect. But again, it's getting people to internalize those facts and make good choices for their for their future. Um, so, and, it, and it's not something that's a, a one and done kind of deal. It has to be something that's reinforced for the entire time that uh, the teens are here. And it's not just the education of the teens, it's the education of the parents. Think of how many things have changed from the parents' day to, to now. Uh, and, and so, you know, that's, it's a work in progress. Yeah, so um, going off from vaping and from drugs and substance abuse, so I'd like to go over, like, um, so more, even more physical safety. Um, so natural disasters, I know that we do a lot of drills around here for all kinds of different natural disasters. Like, we were the 2011 earthquake epicenter. Like, we, we kind of know what it's like, but also we're not schools in California who have to deal with earthquakes weekly or not, we don't have to deal with wildfires. So it's kind of interesting to see how um, that varies from place to place. So what kind of like, do you ever think about how like we, the way in which we deal with kind of the natural disasters and do you feel like it's more or less? Well, I know the school tries its best with all the drills and procedures that we go through for these natural disasters. like going out to the hallways for earthquakes, or I mean like for tornadoes and under the desk for earthquakes. I know that the school is trying to keep every single student safe by doing that. So I feel safe when we do it, and I know that the school would handle any situation like that. Um, do you feel like there are any natural disasters or um, kind of situations like that that we don't really prepare for quite as much that is ever like a possibility? I, I think we've, we've hit all the, the big ones, and, and it's not hard to do because, first off, most of it's mandated by, by law in the Commonwealth of Virginia, uh, and Louisa County Public Schools do a great job doing each of those kinds of drills. Uh, and, and I'll add, those, those drills, I love drills. 
And the reason I love drills is because it gets you prepared. And in the event of a natural disaster or any of those things, whether it be fire or earthquake or something else, you have to act fast. And in order to act fast, you have to have either been mentally or physically prepared to, to act fast. And those drills help us remember, and I call it muscle memory in the police world, that I've been there, I've kind of experienced that, I know what it is that I need to do. And every second translates into life. Uh, and so being able to act fast, those drills will save lives uh, in the event one of those catastrophes takes place. And I think even the earthquake drill became just much more of a thing around here after the earthquake in 2011 because prior to that, I mean, the thought of an earthquake that we could really feel that we would have any type of impact was almost unthought of or unheard of around here. I mean, there have been times before and there have been like reports of like little small trembles and things like that, but nothing as significant as what we had in 2011. So that really kind of, you know, came to the forefront as, you know, part of our school's safety, the earthquake drills. And because, I mean, I think, you know, when we, anytime any of us who were around back then, anytime we do an earthquake drill, I mean, we, we kind of just feel the realness of it because we know that, you know, this did happen here, you know, and, you know, we've had aftershocks after then. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Maddox and Acacia, were you both in Louisa when the 2011 earthquake hit? Yeah. I was actually in second grade on recess. I wasn't inside the building. Oh, okay. oh wow. But my younger brother was. So. Oh. I wasn't inside either. I was also outside on the playground in first grade. And they got all the teachers and, like, all the kids huddled around. And I didn't know what was going on. And then they said it was an earthquake. I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was in fourth grade, and I think I'm remembering it correctly. I'm not sure. It's kind of long ago, but just um, my fourth grade teacher, like, get under your desks, and so we all did it, and I think we got out totally fine. Um, I went to Moss Knuckles, so the damage wasn't really prominent because it was such a new building, so it was fine for us, but did either of you go to TJ? I did. Okay, how was that for it TJ? It was my, I don't know. Like I said, I wasn't in the building, so I don't really remember. Mm -hmm. But kids say they saw bricks like dislodged in a wall. Yeah, I was in first grade at Jewett, and I didn't know what was happening because I couldn't really feel it because I'm on the swing set. <laughs> and so we got inside, and like all the lights were out. Like some things were kind of like jittered around, but other than that, I mean, I didn't really understand. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know natural disasters at that point yet. Yeah. I was in the, uh, the middle school as the school resource officer when it hit, and uh, truthfully, that was the first earthquake that I've ever experienced. But I hit the ground, got under my desk, because that's what I was trained to, uh, to do. Uh, but it was shocking to see the roof and the building kind of move up and down, uh, and then, you know, everybody evacuated the building uh, shortly thereafter. But... Uh, I'd be perfectly happy not to experience any more earthquakes, and I have nothing but respect for the folks that live in California and yeah. places like Japan that experience much more serious uh, yeah. earthquakes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I think for earthquakes, yeah, it's one thing that you wouldn't expect to experience here in Louisa County. Um, were you, Mr. Slaughter, were you here at the 2011? Yes. So I was working, of course, it was the old high school because it was, well, right. you know, at that time. <laughs> Um, so my office was like near the front of the school, almost out near where the band practices at, down like right out in the very front there. Oh. So at first, because where my office sat, 
from time to time throughout the day, the train would go by. Of course, it was, I was closest to train tracks, so a lot of times it would kind of rattle the building a little bit. And I was on the first floor, so sometimes if people were moving desks on the second floor, it would mm-hmm. kind of make a lot of noise. So at first, I thought it was just a train or people moving desks. I'm like, wow, this is really getting to be a lot. Then I, you know, I just remember seeing like, like dust started coming out the ceiling, stuff started falling off the wall. And I was just like in total denial. I remember I just like ran out in the hallway and somebody said, it's an earthquake. I'm like, well, it just can't be. I mean, this is Louisa County. I've been right. here all of my life. We've never had anything. Is it? And I'm just like, word, I mean, is this going to get worse? I mean, is everything going to start falling down? Is it going to get better? Is it going to stop? Mm-hmm. And we ran outside. I'm like, well, are we going to be safe outside? Is the ground going to open up? And is that going to, like, you know what I'm saying? It's, <laughs> what's going to happen? And I would just remember just being so relieved when it finally stopped. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was, it was an experience. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's part of why, like, the school safety is so important that we have the drills that can kind of prepare us for that, even mm-hmm. though, like, I don't think in the end it was bad. Like, nobody got injured but I mean still teachers tell me about like yeah they had teachers or they had TVs um like dangling over their heads after it happened or like people were confused they didn't know what to do so then it's just interesting to imagine like if we had that drill like would it have been any different although since we had never experienced it before there'd still probably be a lot of panic so to apply that like oh what if there was a fire what if there was this or what if there was that but well, I think really, yeah. too, um, just because of that, I really think that it just let us know that we need to work to be as prepared as we can and to have as many drills as we can in any areas of, like, a natural disaster. Because, I mean, just because something may be unheard of here, I mean, a natural disaster can happen in anywhere. So I think it really just kind of just to open our eyes to that, not to just say, oh, well, this is, you know, Louisa County, this is Virginia, this is the East Coast, this is not going to happen. You know, that just, you know, was, was no longer... You know, just like the part of our thought process and anymore. So I think we were just more thorough in just making sure that we did our best to prepare for anything that could happen as far as a natural disaster. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we'll start talking about probably one of the more controversial or like current subjects of like school shootings. Um, so I know that I see in the news a lot, just very constant. I don't even know what the exact statistic is, but it's definitely. There, there's always some kind of story about it. So um, can anyone speak about, like, how they see that media or, like, their thoughts in general? Well, whenever I see school shootings, I just think, like, what kind of things has that person been through? Because, like, normally, like, a school shooting happens because a person has gone to that school and they've, like, been bullied or they've had, like, a bad life there they go back and like shoot everyone show their revenge or something like that so when I see it I just like get definitely afraid and I like feel really bad for the people who went there and everyone who's lost their lives too yeah I mean um, I see of course on the media a lot about the school shootings but also I think at this point after so many years of it um, what year was Sandy Hook uh, well, just a few years ago, but the, probably the most prominent one recently was Parkland. Parkland, right. And uh, in Florida, that was February 14, 2018. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll, I'll say a couple things about uh, school safety and then answer some more questions <laughs> that you have, I'm sure. Uh, first off, you know, I think subjectively, based on the news media and things that we see, we could probably say that the frequency of, of school violence, school shootings, appears to be increasing. I, w- mm-hmm. I would think it would be safe to say. Um, but I will also say that public schools still remain one of the safest places you can be uh, in America. 
uh, and the, the, the probability of a school shooting happening in, in any particular school in Louisa County or elsewhere in the United States is extremely small. But the consequences, should they occur, are very high. And that's why it's one of the integral parts of the things that we drill and, and practice on a regular basis. Uh, so it's like the earthquake. We don't envision one happening here, but we know that it's still possible, and we have to be uh, prepared for that. And, and I'll add to that that Mr. Straley, Mr. Downey, all our school administrators are working hard, and I would say day and night, to keep our schools safe. As the school resource officer, I live, eat, and breathe school safety day and night in my sleep all the time. That, that's what I'm focused on. That's the number one priority that I have is to keep everybody here uh, as safe. And we've instituted lots of initiatives that we can talk about uh, here in a minute. I think one, one thing that's huge, I mean, school safety, um, and that's something that everybody um, has to kind of play their, you know, play, play their part in. You know, if you are in a conversation with somebody or if you learn of something, whether it's through a verbal conversation, social media, however, you know, if you hear of something, even if it's the smallest thing that just doesn't sound quite right and sounds like, you know, that, you know, somebody's safety, whether it's one person or more than one person's safety or well-being, you know, could be in some type of danger or in some type of question, it's always good to make sure that the, the, the appropriate persons, the appropriate authorities know um, as soon as possible. So, I mean, it's really, you know, the job of everybody. You know, if you are a student in this building, if you're an adult in this building, you know, even if, even if, if you're not even a part of this building on a daily basis, but if you hear of something that's letting, you know, persons know, because it has to be everybody's job to um, work to ensure the safety and well-being of everybody. And I think it's um, horrible, personally, for me, like, I would say I kind of grew up with always there being school shootings on the news and everything. So I think at this point, um, besides school shootings, but shootings anywhere, like I've become kind of desensitized to seeing the stories. I'll be like, oh, there's another one. And then that's kind of it. So do you both feel kind of the same way in that? I just kind of think like, oh my gosh, there's another one. Like, what have they been through? What's going on? What caused them to do this? I mean, I just kind of think at this point, I'll, I'll see something and I'll be like, oh, well, only two people died, so at least it's not as bad as the one a month ago, and which is like, you know, it's a bad way of thinking, but also it's what I think we're at at this point. It's not a, uh, what you described is probably not an abnormal reaction. I call it a normal reaction. Uh, but you know, from my standpoint, uh, I would say uh, none of the school resource officers in Lucy County Public Schools have become desensitized to any act of violence that we see on TV. Um, every one of those that, that occurred that has a published report related to it, uh, I personally take a look at that to see what lessons learned we can you know, uh, glean from that and see what, if any of those lessons, we can apply here in Louisa County Public Schools. Um, and one of the most recent things that we, we took a look at was the Parkland, the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas school shooting. In fact, we made it into a case study, and we went to all the schools in Louisa County Public Schools to talk about the lessons learned and how the things that uh, our administrators ask us to do are essential uh, to keeping our, our schools safe every day. And um, did any of our policies change because of Marjorie Stoneman? Well, I, I can answer that because I looked at each of those, those lessons learned. Uh, I would say, by and large, all the major lessons learned uh, were already in, in place here at Louisa County Public Schools. 
Uh, I'll come back to the school superintendent, Mr. Straley, Mr. Downing, all the administrators are very proactive. And as part of that, we formed a safe school task force. Uh, and, and Mr. Slaughter hit the nail on the head. Schools are as safe as we want them to be. And it's everybody's responsibility, not just mine, not just Mr. Slaughter's, mm -hmm. not just Mr. Downey's, not just yours. It's all of ours, including every member of the community. So we, right after Parkland, we formed a safe school task force, which was a cross-section of Louisa County public citizens, moms and dads, pastors, law enforcement, fire, Virginia State Police, mm -hmm. General Assembly representatives, school board, board of supervisors, 45 people. Um, and we all got together to discuss how we can improve the things that we're doing in Louisa County Public Schools. Um, because the going in position of the Safe School Task Force is to take every reasonable measure uh, to keep Louisa County Public Schools safe. And some changes came out of it. You ready for those changes? Yeah. So probably the first major change was a school resource officer um, assigned to every public school in Louisa County. So we've always had one here for many years at the high school, one for many years at the middle school, but we had one that kind of went between all the elementary schools. Today, there's a full-time, well, there's an SRO assigned all day long to each of the schools. Uh, and having the officer present, I think, gives, uh, you know, a measure of safety just for their physical presence, but they do a lot of other things while they're at the school, teach classes, do informal counseling, lots of different things. So that's probably the first and biggest thing. The, the second biggest thing was to um, work with Region 10, which is our community mental health folks here in Central Virginia, to get uh, two Region 10 crisis counselors assigned, one to the high school and one to the middle school. So now, don't, now we don't, not only do we have the expertise of the school counselors and the school psychologists, we have uh, crisis counselors that uh, folks would normally see if they went to the hospital to be evaluated. They're already embedded in the school. And so you can imagine if you were a student in crisis, you would leave maybe Mr. Uh, Slaughter's office, and you wouldn't be put in the back of a patrol car and brought to University of Virginia, which would be pretty stressful, but necessary. Now you walk across the hall to see the Region 10 crisis counselor, um, and we've eliminated all that stress, and, and I'd say maybe 90% of the time, the issue can be dealt with uh, by the Region 10 crisis counselor right here at school. So that's, that's huge. And then the third thing that we just recently put in place uh, is a, a system of communication called anonymous alerts. Everybody has to have a way to, to say anything that's of concern. While we encourage everybody to come and talk to us face-to-face, like -face, not everybody wants to do that. Uh, and you have to have a way for people to tell you things 24-7. That means day or night, any day of the week. And anonymous alerts was an app that uh, students could put on their phone, and they can tell uh, school administrators instantaneously, day or night, what's on their mind, what the issue is, could be small, could be big, and then we have the opportunity to deal with it as, as quickly as you can. And you can have a two-way communication. So those are just a few of the things that the uh, Safe School Task Force put in place immediately following Marjorie Stoneman Douglas uh, attack. And we, we meet on a regular basis to continue to refine what it is that we're doing. And I think one thing that's really big too, um, Sergeant Zanowski, um, in the morning time, um, the, you all have a really good presence of just like the law officers are outside out in front of the school and stuff um, and I just think that just really you know just says a lot for you know where we are as far as promoting and doing our best to ensure the safety of everyone and 
you know, just you know, letting people know that, you know, this is not the place to, to come with any intentions of doing anything that I shouldn't be doing because, I mean, you know, we have people around that's going to, you know, stand up to make sure that, you know, the schools on the entire campus stays safe. And a lot of times just presence, in my opinion, presence of good law, law enforcement just can, you know, do a lot to help keep things safe. And you will definitely do a great job at that as well. Thanks, sir. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll just add two more things. Probably the single biggest factor that contributes to uh, school safety, in my opinion, is building relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's more important than uh, locks. It's more important than cameras. Mm-hmm. It's more important than just about any other aspect of school safety is being able to build positive relationships between adults, students, parents, all those sorts of things. Uh, because I personally believe that there's very little in this school that isn't known by somebody. And statistics will tell you in the case of school attacks that 80% of the school attacks are known by someone other than the school shooter. So you want people to tell you the things that concern them so that you can deal with them before it gets to the uh, to the act of uh, violence. And, uh, mm-hmm. and Mr. Downey and Mr. Straley and the administrators have been very successful, I think, at building a positive school climate, one that encompasses like trust and respect. There's always room for improvement in every school, but we're doing pretty good. Um, I think we have connections with the students because, you know, the Lion family, that's not, that's not just words. That means this is a family right here. Everybody's sitting around the microphone. We're a family. We've got our biological family, but we've got our school family. And I care about everyone in this room, in this mm-hmm. entire school. And I hope, you know, and I, I get the, a sense that you guys do too. Mm-hmm. And so we're always looking out for each other to keep each other safe. And those things are probably the most important things that you can do for school safety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, we talked about, um, so what y'all have been doing on your end with the task force, which I didn't even know existed, but we've talked about what you were doing on your side to do it. So um, as students growing up in that environment, I think it's important to know that like uh, Louisa County, like we haven't, we are doing more, I think, than other schools, I would say, or at least, I- I'm not sure, at least just to know that it's different in other places. Um, so have you noted over time that there has been a noticeable difference in an increase in school safety? Well, I wouldn't say I would like have noted it, but I've noticed that like with the more times you do like the obvious things and all the assemblies and all that, that I know that the school is like doing their absolute best to like keep us safe and protected to make sure these things don't happen. And I think that the assemblies are a good way to show like what you can do to prevent these situations that could occur. Um, yeah, and I think, did we start locking all doors after Sandy Hook, was it? Yeah, we've been, we've been locking doors for, for quite a while now. And I, truthfully, I can't remember if it was after uh, Sandy Hook or not. But, you know, some of the simplest measures are probably the most important. Uh-huh. Because you know, mm-hmm. if you have to act fast, uh, one of the, you know, should something happen like that, uh, just taking the time to run to your door and lock it is going to probably cost some lives and things. So mm-hmm. taking some of those preventive kind of measures early is is important. Another simple thing is all teachers and faculty keeping their room keys on their person, mm-hmm. because you can imagine if somebody fired some shots here, everybody would be scared there for a second and you lose your fine motor skills, you can't remember where I put the key. So the door is already locked. I know that I, you know, I did that. Uh, and right along with that, uh, what we're, I think, also very good at, many other schools too, is the, uh, the kinds of training and things that we do. So drills is part of training. 
but maybe not everybody knows that uh, you know every new teacher, every uh, new staff member that comes to Lewis County Public Schools gets trained in all the uh, the, the responses, that, whether it be earthquake, active shooter, any of those. They're all trained in it. We do refresher training for all the uh, the current staff every year, uh, and uh, those things go a long ways to to be able to act fast. The teacher has to know what to do. They have to know what to tell the students to do, uh, and of course the students need to know what to do, and they learn that from from doing the uh, the drills. So. Training's been mm-hmm. very successful, and we're always expanding and refining that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to note, too, how we haven't always had the locked doors, but I think at this point, like, such a thing that maybe some people would think it's annoying that, oh, you have to always knock on the door or whatever. Like, it's still a part of our daily life now, and we've all gotten totally used to it, which is an important thing for us to do because it's it could save lives and it could be really important in times of an act, active shooting. Mm-hmm. Um, so as students, like, how do you, do you feel that um, the safety measures impede at all upon your daily life? Well, I mean, like, locking doors here, like, it's kind of natural, I guess, like right. second-hand nature. So when I think, like, someone's going to come up here, they obviously have to go through the locked door. So that already kind of puts everybody in the hall, in the classroom like in a safer like position from whatever threat or dangers on the other side. Um, so then what effect has that had on students in general? Like um, when you hear about all the, all the news articles, when you hear about all of the um, all the stories about people and people in shootings like, what effect does that have on the students here and, and the adults? Well, I would hope that, um, kind of like you know, it was just said, I would hope that it would make people, make students and adults feel safer. I mean, not, I mean, we we talk frequently here about our safety measures. We have our safety drills, but then not only do we talk about them and do drills from time to time, but, I mean, we pretty much just have our safety plan um, in action, I mean, all hours of the day when we're hearing stuff. So, I mean, when you're in a room and the door is locked, you know that that's done for a reason, you know, to, to do as much as we can to prevent an, um, an, an intruder from, you know, coming in and, you know, causing, you know, any harm to anyone. So hopefully that, you know, people see that, you know, because we are implementing these safety things that you, you are in a safe environment and, you know, because of that safety environment, hopefully, you know, you feel better about being here and you're able to learn better and as well. Maddox, do you see any differences, or like, do you feel any different? I guess over time. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess it's kind of a open-ended question. Like, do you feel different from now and then? But like, um, have the changes in safety over time? Do you think they've personally affected you? Yeah, they make learning a lot less stressful. In terms, because if kids just want to get out of class to go to the bathroom and they're still out of class because of the locked door (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's how the kids focus more yeah and I think also with the um code red and code yellow drills um I think students will take it in varying um importance like they'll take it seriously sometimes but I think it's really important that we practice those pretty on a regular basis that um, we at least know what would happen. But also it is a little alarming sometimes because I know some classes will have like 
30 students in them and it's such a small class. So um, I would like to run down like what exactly the procedures would be in the case of an active shooting. I know we had an assembly on that, but also I think some students um, are concerned over like what would happen if it were in the hallway or at lunch or just like at a time that wasn't just in the classroom. Well, I guess I can give you a, a brief overview. Uh, first off, um, let me just say students or, or anybody that uh, commits an act of violence uh, school shooting in this particular case uh, follows a, uh, a path and, and, and actually every one of those school shooters that committed targeted violence follows exactly the same path. They have an idea, they prepare, uh, or sorry, they have an idea, they plan, they prepare, and then they execute. And so what we strive to do with all these safety measures that we have in place is to stop before we get to the final stage, which is execution. And so we have lots of preventive measures and preparations in place. And should we find ourselves unable to stop the attack prior to execution, that's why we have all these what I call risk mitigation measures. You call code yellow and code red. Uh, code yellow is not an emergency procedure. It's a, we have some kind of concern in the school, and so administrators want to limit movement in the school while they examine the, uh, the situation. Um, the classrooms continue on learning and teaching and those sorts of things, uh, but the students and teachers remain in their rooms until the situation is, is fixed. Uh, should there be a true act of violence in schools, Code Red is an emergency procedure, um, and it has many similarities to Code Yellow, with the, the big exception being no longer are we teaching in the classrooms. Uh, we've gone through, checked our doors being locked, closed the, uh, the shades, moved our students to the safe zones and the designated safe zones in each of the, uh, the classrooms. We've barricaded the doors, we've turned off the lights, and we're absolutely silent uh, until the, uh, the situation is handled by, by law enforcement. Um, so that's a, a very brief overview. Uh, and it's really critical that everybody recognizes those procedures and we train to those and we drill because in the end, seconds matter. Uh, seconds will translate to life and death, uh, and our goal is to make sure that everybody survives uh, in that kind of attack. But again, priority number one is to intercept the person en route <coughs> to that uh, uh, pathway to violence early before we get to the execution stage. Yeah, and I know I saw an article the other day about a student who was planning to commit a school shooting, but he came in, and I think it was a coach that came in and he just like hugged him and like took the gun away and just hugged him and I think the student is getting the support he needs um, of course in in jail but like it had kind of a good ending even though I don't know if anything could be considered a good ending in that situation but um, what would you say like for people who um, say that oh you could approach this with kind of emotion and like um, feeling for the people who may commit a school shooting like what would you say for people who kind of want to address that with um, like how that coach did with just trying to give them a hug or like trying to empathize with them well I guess I can say a few words on that uh, well in, in the end nothing happened uh, so I would say success is, uh, is a good thing uh, nobody got injured uh, so the, the coach did a, uh, I would call a, a very brave thing. 
Um, you know, he's unarmed. In this case, it was a student was armed. Um, I, I, would under, I guess I would understand that he would basically quickly evaluated the situation and probably knew something about the student and felt that, uh, you know, intervention by words uh, would, would help. And then, of course, you know, letting him, letting the student know that he cared along with everybody else in the school was probably enough to, uh, to rectify that, that situation. But that's a very brave thing for an unarmed person to confront a, an armed individual. It definitely worked in, in this case, but it you know, may not work in all other cases. Uh, but uh, in this situation, I would say the coach was a hero. Yeah. I guess finally just to say to the students directly, um, what, the, what do you feel with school shootings? Like we've gone over like the procedures. Um, do you feel like the procedures are effective? Do you feel like um, they, they make you feel safer in school or um, ready to come to school every day? And um, just how does that environment of school shootings or knowing that they are not uncommon in the United States? Well, I would know that in the event of a school shooting, we have gone over these drills and procedures, and so I know that if it were to happen here, then everybody would know what to do. They'd go into the designated safe area, and they like the school would do its best to try and like terminate the threat. So I honestly have no problem coming to school here every day feeling safe because I know that we have these drills and procedures to help us with whatever would happen. Do you have any thoughts? She said. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, we've gone over um, substance abuse, natural disasters, school shootings. Of course, there are many other things that can apply to school safety. Um, are there any other things that you could think of that are especially important? Well, I think we've hit uh, a lot of the main ones. Um, and I want to come back to what you were just talking about. Um, one of the greatest things for Lewis County Public Schools, we already mentioned, was school resource officers, but your first responder is already physically on your property. So this police officer doesn't have to come from three or four or five minutes away. They're already physically present in the school uh, because on average, uh, a school shooting might take five minutes, some longer, some shorter. Uh, but you can imagine now the person that is going to deal with that situation is physically already in the building. So hopefully that will translate into dealing with the individual and saving a lot more lives than what could have happened if somebody had to physically drive, you know, to the, uh, to the school itself uh, and get here. Uh, but now to your, your next question, um, I will also add that uh, Louisa County Public Schools and Louisa County Sheriff's Office and the Virginia State Police, they have a tremendous relationship uh, between all these agencies. Um, and the superintendent, the sheriff, uh, and the folks in the Virginia State Police are constantly talking to each other uh, and exchanging information and reviewing the procedures and processes that we have to, to ensure that we're as safe as we can be. And as luck would have it, most of all those folks are representative of those folks are all on the Safe School Task Force also. So we, we are talking to each other on a, uh, a regular basis. And, and, what, and part of that exchange of information and sharing what most people don't realize is school safety starts well beyond the boundaries, the physical boundaries of this school. Um, law enforcement officers and, and other folks, parents, um, school board administrators, anybody who knows something of concern 
that might find its way into the school is looking for those kinds of things and then hopefully sharing that information with law enforcement or the, uh, the school administrators. Uh, maybe the baseball coach knows that somebody on his team is upset and had said maybe some concerning comments. We would hope that adult would report that information to law enforcement or whoever the, the right party would be. Or if parents had concerns about their own kids and, and they felt they needed more support, they might talk to the school counselor to make sure that the school counselors could keep tabs and, and talk to them on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. But school safety starts well beyond the physical boundaries uh, of this school. Uh, and that's one of the other, I think, most effective procedures that we have in this school is that we've got 35,000 citizens that are concerned about uh, Louisa County Public Schools and the other schools here in this, this county and are contributing to that safety each and every day. Um, so finally, I guess, um, to go over again, like, uh, we've gone over a lot of the different procedures that Louisa County High School does to increase school safety. Um, so I know we have a lot of police presence, we have the locked doors, we have the task force, um, and I think it's important to note for students, I don't know as students how many people you come across on a regular basis who don't really take school safety seriously, like, do you see that? Often. I remember there was a drill for Code Red, and it was my second period, and, like, I had my head down and, like, my hood over so I wouldn't make any noise, but, like, everyone else was kind of, like, softly, like, giggling and laughing, and I'm thinking to myself, if there was, like, a school shooter here and they heard us, they would come to the door, and it would be the people who are making the noise, it would be their fault because they brought the attention of whoever was outside to us, putting us in danger. So I just hope that if it were to be a real event that they know to not make any noise so that nothing bad would happen. And I think um, it's also important to note like how um, people who may not take it as seriously to just have conversations like these to inform them and to um, really let them know it's not just out of a place like we want to control all of your actions. We, it's because we honestly do care about what goes on here. So um, I guess Maddox, do you have any thoughts with um, people who maybe don't take the drills as seriously? Like, do you see that often? I don't see it too often because we only do drills like once a month, twice a month. But sometimes when we do it, I do see it. Like she said, there's kids laughing and talking just silently in code red drills. And then finally, um, so I guess going around in the circle, so how can teachers specifically make students feel better and like in the individual classrooms, how can teachers make their students feel safer in that smaller class environment? and then how can we have an honest discussion about school safety with each other? Well, I guess I'll toss out a couple <laughs> things. Um, I guess I'm not a formal school teacher, but I, I call myself an informal teacher because we do teach classes here at, at Louisa County High School. School All school resource officers teach classes. I, I think maybe my first bit of advice for, for any teacher or anybody in, in working with uh, uh, teens or anybody else is to listen. It's probably about the most important thing you can do is actually listen to the other person, uh, hear what they have to say. Um, and I know if I was young, 
and I had a concern and I was trying to tell somebody about it and they weren't listening, that would make me feel unsafe. Um, and so, by and large, the, uh, the folks that we have in the school, I think, do a pretty effective job at, at listening. Uh, and then based on what they, they heard, uh, you know, taking action to, to help them. There's, there's resources in the school, there's resources in the school division, in the entire community that can help many people in, in many different ways. And, and, and if I was a teacher and I didn't know the answer, and even as a school resource officer, I don't know every answer, but I know exactly who to call to find out answers to whatever I don't know. Uh, and it may be something to do with resources, but everybody who comes uh, and gets uh, identified as somebody in need of help, we help them. Uh, because you know what? The other thing that teachers do, I think, pretty effectively um, is we show that we care about everybody in this Lion family. And, and I use the word care, <coughs> excuse me, but I'm getting older. So Mr. Downey would say, Sarnowski even stands up in front of the assemblies from time to time and uses the love word. We love everybody in this school. Uh, and we want everybody to be successful and have a promising future. Uh, and we, we strive to do that uh, every day. And I think by and large our teachers show that. Uh, as a result, generally people feel safe uh, and they feel comfortable raising their concerns because that's what we, we need to have in the end if there are concerns for somebody to raise them so that they can be uh, properly, uh, properly addressed. Or um, how can student or how can teachers make students feel safer in the individual classrooms? And then how do we have an honest discussion? I guess either with peers or with our teachers or with our families about um, about school safety and about what we're doing. I know that if teachers were to have like positive attitudes, like I'm not saying like anything bad, but like if a student like trusts a teacher, then I know that like, if they have concern, they would want to talk to that person. And honestly, like all the teachers here try to have a good like relationship with the students so that if something does come across their mind, they can talk freely to anyone. And I think that teachers should like listen and not just like kind of listen but not really listen. So I think that's how the high school and all the schools really should like help students. Teachers can uh, build better relationships with us, mm -hmm. like just joke around from time to time when we need it. Yeah, and I guess that also depends on like your personal learning style. Yeah. Like some students want to just come in, do what they want to do, and get out, but then some people also want to build that rapport with their teachers. Um, do you personally have a certain way that you like to learn or like that you like to interact with your teachers? Not really. I don't have a specific way. Just like I said, I joke around with them time to time, and they mm -hmm. it's a better relationship for all of us. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I think that contributes to the positive environment. Yeah. yeah. So finally, yeah, do you, um, Mr. Sutherland? No, I think um, you all really hit on it. I mean, kind of going back to we had said that early on in the conversation, building relationships is you know, really important because when we have a relationship with a person, we feel more comfortable um, talking to that person with any concerns, and whether it's something you know about us, about something we've heard, about somebody else, so that's key. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, thank you all so much for participating in this op episode. I think um, I hope someone will learn something from it. I, I honestly, I didn't know about the task force at all, so that was really interesting. Um, but yeah, thank you so much. Great. Thank you for having us. <laughs>